It's Tuesday, November 2nd. This is the Situation Update. Mike Adams here. And today we're going to cover the most horrifying science paper that I've ever seen in my life. And part of the curse of being able to, to read science papers and understand the science is that when it says what this paper says, and we're going to go through it here today, you then you know you know that a, a, a real-life zombie apocalypse is already counting down. It's in the making. What, what has just been uncovered in this paper, uh, researchers out of the Wenner Gren Institute at Stockholm University in Sweden, uh, Chinese researchers, uh, Jiang Hui and Mei Yafang, the title of this is uh, SARS-CoV-2 Spike Impairs DNA Damage Repair and Inhibits VDJ Recombination in Vitro. Now, at first, you might be saying, well, what does that mean? Well, so l- allow me to explain what this means. And by the way, I, I became aware of this through Sherry Tenpenny. And I want to thank Dr. Tenpenny for sharing this critical research. Um, we've all got to get the word out about this. Here's what it means, folks. We're going to walk through the mechanisms, but here's what it means. The spike protein that's generated in your body when you get the mRNA vaccines, this spike protein we now know goes into the nucleus of your cells. That's where it actually concentrates, in the nucleus. And there, it impairs a... DNA repair mechanism. Now, this DNA repair mechanism is called NHEJ, or non-homologous end joining, and it is a a necessary uh, genetic mechanism for, shall we say, uh, gene integrity. If you don't have this mechanism, and by the way, all, all animals have it, all plants have it, basically everything that is a, a nucleus-based cell, uh, multicellular organism, okay? So, so uh, almost everything that's living on the planet that you and I would call, you know, animals, plants, and so on, has a cell nucleus. And in that cell nucleus, this mechanism of NHEJ, it repairs broken DNA strands or even double strand breaks. And this is an absolutely necessary uh, mechanism for repairing DNA after exposure to ionizing radiation, such as sunlight, or even, by the way, mammography equipment, or upon exposure to chemicals that are carcinogens or that are mutagenic chemicals, which are found, by the way, as pesticides and plasticizer or chemicals and and so many things in the food supply and in medications as well. And a lot of the a lot of the toxic laundry detergents and the skin creams that have the toxic fragrance chemicals that I've been talking about for decades. Normally in, in, in a healthy person, when you're exposed to these genetic insults, we might say, again, ionizing radiation, chemical exposure, uh, and also just spontaneous mutations that can occur. Uh, in in your cells, because cell uh, genetic information replication is not perfect. There are mistakes that are made, and that's why 
your body has, you might call it a checksum system where your, your, th this mechanism, which can be a homologous repair or non-homologous in joining the, these mechanisms are absolutely necessary for the survival of any complex organism. If you don't have this mechanism functioning, let, let's say, let's say that right after a pregnancy happens and there's conception and the, the cells, the, the sperm and the egg join and they're starting to develop a living human baby. If you don't have this mechanism functioning, the NHEJ mechanism, you don't, uh, there, there is no baby. Because creating a physical organism is a very complex thing, and there has to be a lot of error correction along the way, a lot of uh, checksum, a, a lot of repair. And if that mechanism does not function, there will be no baby. There will be just a mass that would look like a giant cancer tumor, basically. And then that, that would be, that would end up as a, you know, a non, non-viable birth. And it would just be a, probably a spontaneous abortion because the female body would know, Hey, there's not really a viable baby here. And you know, the mother would automatically eject that and, and try again. You know, that's a lot of pregnancies end in spontaneous abortions because sometimes things aren't working correctly. Well, it turns out that the spike protein suppresses this NHEJ mechanism by as much as 90%. So the DNA repair mechanism that's working, you know, billions of times a day in your own body, by the way, at, I don't know, the, the nanoscale level. This, this is what's keeping you alive. This is what's preventing you from becoming a genetic mutant monster, okay? This mechanism is suppressed by the spike protein and the spike protein concentrates in the nucleus of the cell and it causes this. And this has now been measured with a dose dependent response by these, these researchers whose names I just mentioned. And they are from the Department of Molecular Biosciences at the Winter Gren Institute in Stockholm University. And then another research is from the Department of Clinical Microbiology virology at Umea University in also in Sweden. So these two researchers collaborated on this research and they use, let's see, they use uh, antibodies, reagents, plasmids, they use cellular fractionation and immunoblotting, a common assay, immunofluorescence, uh, statistical analysis. Uh, th th those are so sort of the technical things that they used to determine what we are about to talk about here and what they determine if I could break it down into sort of a layperson's explanation is really three critical things. They determine number one, well, actually it's more than three. But okay. They determine the spike protein goes into the cell nucleus and there it suppresses the DNA repair mechanism. We've already talked about that. Secondly, this results in immunodeficiency. So this is the walking AIDS patient uh, phenomenon that we've been warning about. And this explains why people are losing immune function week after week after week after they take the vaccine. The next thing they, they found is that there is direct interference with 
the body's immunological response to cancer. And they specifically mentioned the BRCA1 gene, which is, of course, expressed in cases of breast cancer. And out of, out of their study, um, here, let me just quote exact, the exact thing for you here. Uh, let me bring it up. Okay, it said, we found that the spike protein markedly inhibited both BRCA1, that's the BRCA1 gene, and 5,3-BP1 foci formation, and that's in figure 3DG, 3D through G. Uh, together, these data show that the SARS-CoV-2 full-length spike protein inhibits DNA damage repair by hindering DNA repair protein recruitment. Okay. Now, oh, by the way, you can download the PDF for this whole study. I, I've done it. I've saved off the PDF because I am uh, incredibly concerned they're going to yank this study off the web. So <laughs> I've gone ahead and downloaded the entire um, uh, PDF just to save it. Oh, also, uh, this article is part of the special issue called SARS-CoV-2 host cell interactions. And this article specifically mentions the problem with vaccines. It says, quote, our findings reveal a potential molecular mechanism by which the spike protein might impede adaptive immunity and underscore the potential side effects of full-length spike-based pr- uh, vaccines. Excuse me. The last word there is vaccines. All right, so I'm not through the list here of the three things. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit. So just to back up, the spike protein goes into the nuclei of the cells, and there it suppresses the DNA repair mechanism, the non-homologous end joining, and there's also a different mechanism, homologous repair, that is also suppressed, although it is not suppressed as much as the NHEJ mechanism. Now, uh, as a result of this, you have immunodeficiency. You also have then an inability to combat cancer. So your immune system's anti-cancer capabilities are suppressed at the same time that the cells themselves are being, I should say the the DNA in the cells is being kind of thrown into a, a blender of sorts. The DNA sequences are getting mixed and matched uh, in a non-normal way, a non-human way, actually, it turns out. And as this happens, people are going to be growing massive mutations. Uh, we are going to see actual, uh, I don't want to use the word monsters because that that implies almost you know a moral failing, and that's not what I mean here. But in terms of the phenotype expression, we are going to see monstrous, defects. This is going to make thalidomide look like a walk in the park. And thalidomide was the morning sickness drug that caused children to be born without arms and hands and legs in some cases and, you know, fingers. Um, and that was FDA approved. And then they realized, you know, oh my God, these children being born without limbs. And then they, they pulled the drug, uh, but it's now being used as an anti-cancer drug, by the way. What we are going to see now with the spike protein vaccines, especially the mRNA vaccines, because it programs your body cells to keep churning out the spike protein, and then these spike proteins are invading the nuclei of other cells, and then they are suppressing the DNA repair mechanism in those other cells, we are going to see mass mutations 
monstrous looking phenotype expressions of, of tissues and organs and so on, we're going to see the most grotesque, horrifying sicknesses and illnesses and tumors and organ failure that it's going to look like a zombie apocalypse is, is what this paper is telling me. Because what you got to understand is when, when your body's cells lose the ability to have integrity in DNA repair or DNA replication, when they lose that ability, you end up just producing uh, like hamburger tissue. You know, it's see the DNA, DNA in your body. Let's get back to basics here. The DNA does not describe your entire body. It doesn't describe everything about where your fingers go and, and your neurology and all that. But DNA does describe protein synthesis and protein synthesis is, you know, the pillar of, of the physical body because proteins, uh, which include hormones and uh, also tissues and all kinds of other things in your body, you know, proteins, you know, your red blood cells are built out of proteins, for example. Every, every tissue in your body is built out of different kinds of proteins, and that synthesis is described by your DNA. And when it works well, then you have an organism, you know, a body that is harmonious with the intended blueprint, which is the, the DNA plan. And so when things go well, let's say in the development of a, of a baby before the baby is born, it's all going well and the baby's born and it's symmetrical. You know, the kid's got two eyes, right? The kid's got, you know, two nipples, two hands. It's symmetrical. That, that means things are probably going pretty well. And neurologically, if things are functioning, like the baby's, you know, breathing and crying and reacting to external stimuli, such as light and so on, and a sense of touch and so on. You're like, hey, guess what? This has gone pretty well. No, this is a, a healthy, thriving baby right here. Of course, if you're a Democrat, then at that point you're like, let's kill it. But if you're not a Democrat, you'd rather keep it alive. That's a separate topic. Because the thing Democrats hate the most is, is a miracle of God being born alive. Trust me. That's why they hate themselves too. But again, I'm not going to get off track. Now, if things have gone wrong during this process, then, you know, you don't have a viable baby or you have mutations that you have missing limbs, you have um, blindness, you know, lacking neurological function, you know, uh, malformations or uh, the, the, the expression, I don't know if this is politically correct, but you've heard the term Siamese twins, you know, where two individual beings are conjoined by common, like a common uh, torso or a common skull, for example, because mitosis didn't happen correctly because all the signaling wasn't right uh, during fetal development. And, uh, you know, these are, these are obvious signs that some things have gone wrong in this process. You know, it, is, it, it hasn't been a perfect uh, development. Again, this is not a judgment of any lack of morality or ethics on the part of the babies, obviously. It's not their fault. We're just talking about the physical protein synthesis, cellular signaling, you know, mitosis. And remember that fetal development and even in your own body, tissue repair is very much a cancer-like process where the cells have to uh, replicate. And, and remember, your body is making new cells all the time. You're making new skin cells. You're making new red blood cells in your blood all the time. 
You're making, you know, new hair cells, obviously. You're making even new neurological cells all the time, new liver cells and so on. You know, a damaged liver can regrow itself. Even if it's only halfway there, it can still grow back the entire liver. Your body is always synthesizing, or maybe that's not the right word, but but repairing and creating new tissue to replace the dead tissue that in some cases you're just urinating out, like you're peeing out old red blood cells every time you urinate. But what drives this whole process is this DNA repair mechanism, this non-homologous end joining uh, along with HR and some other checksum techniques that are used at the cellular uh, biology level. If any of these go wrong, you don't have a viable organism. Now, I'm going to read you some more from the study, but what's so freaky about this is normally if, if an organism you know, did not have this functioning, it would not be born alive. We've never seen a situation, not that I'm aware of, where healthy adult uh, humans or animals that have been living with fully functioning DNA repair mechanisms in their cells suddenly have those DNA repair systems shut down or suppressed 90%. That's what we're going to see. Well, actually, we're already starting to see it with the spike protein. This is an unprecedented biological nightmare scenario that now seems, frankly, quite deliberate. But we're going to see adults turned into mutants. And, and I don't mean like X-Men mutants. You're not going to get magical powers. You're not, you're not going to suddenly be able to climb walls and have X-ray vision and move metal objects with your mind. It's more like um, you're going to lose your mind. You know, you're going to lose the ability to control your own muscles. And we're already seeing this. People out there, there's a lot of twitching. There's a lot of uh, uncontrollable neurological uh, damage that's happening right now. Some of that may be just direct exposure to various chemicals in the vaccine. I can't say for sure that all of that is a genetic malformation expression or, you know, an error in, in the genetic replication. But over the long haul, there's no doubt that a lot of the deformities or malformities that we're going to see are pathogenic uh, genetic expressions are going to be due to the spike protein invading the cell nuclei. And this is going to be the most horrifying nightmare in the history of medicine. So let's go through some of the study here just so we can try to understand this. But actually, you know what? Let me jump first. Let me take you to uh, sciencedirect.com so that we can get a little bit of an explanation of what is NHEJ and how this works for uh, cellular genetic material replication and uh, conformity. All right, so we're showing this page for those of you watching this video. This is from sciencedirect.com. And the title of the page is Non-Homologous End Joining. And it talks about this, just a summary. NHEJ is an error-prone repair pathway that can occur throughout all cell cycle phases, whereas HR, and that doesn't mean health ranger, <laughs> that means homologous repair, is an error-free pathway that predominantly occurs in late S and G2 phases. Now, what I think is important to understand about all of this is that the, the body is going to use the best repair mechanism it can. And so if it has a, a template 
of an existing half strand of genetic material, it's going to go ahead and use the HR pathway because that is an, a near-perfect replication system. But if there's something called the DSBs, which is a double-strand break, that means the entire, the, both strands of the genetic code have been broken. But somebody ripped, you know, the the genetic sequence apart. Then the body has to take some guesses at how to repair that, and it's very smart about doing that. And the process that it uses for that is this NHEJ, the non-homologous end joining. Uh, so we've got to understand this and, and how this functions in the body in order for us to really understand what happens when this goes wrong. So uh, it is known that NHEJ introduces some level of errors uh, in, in its repair mechanism. But this NHEJ is, this is kind of the, this is the emergency paramedic that shows up on the scene and says, oh, um, you know, find that dude's leg. Let's, you know, stick it back together and see if we can see if we can repair. And it's kind of finding all the pieces and, and slapping them back together to see if it'll grow back together. I mean, that's a simplification, obviously, but th this is for real emergencies. This is if you've taken a tour through Chernobyl or Fukushima, you have a massive dose of ionizing radiation. Something's gone horribly wrong. Or actually, this can happen just under some amount of sunlight. Also, you know, because you're getting ionizing radiation from the sun, along with, you know, ultraviolet light that helps promote vitamin D production in your skin and so on. So there's good and bad. But sun, the sun does produce ionizing radiation. And it's, it's normally not a problem if you're a healthy person and you have these repair mechanisms functioning, you see, because your body can take ripped apart, shredded DNA, and it can kind of piece it back together and make it work. And so NHEJ is what is the, the, the emergency crew that does that. So as you'll read on Science Direct, it, it even says maintaining genomic integrity is imperative for the survival of an organism. And it says that uh, double-strand breaks, or DSBs, are considered the most deleterious. That means, you know, dangerous, since they can lead to cell death if left unrepaired. Or, listen to this, chromosomal rearrangements when misrepaired, leading to cancer. All right, so right here, you should have some red flags going off, saying, wait a second, you mean the chromosomes can be rearranged? Yeah, that's right. Remember how I said the, the paramedic shows up and, you know, a guy's laying on the highway and he's got his leg over here and his arm over there. And the paramedic is like, oh, let's try to find all these pieces and put them together. Well, this is what NHEJ is doing with your DNA. But sometimes it puts the pieces together in the wrong way. And you can get what's called a, a chromosomal rearrangement. And suddenly you don't have the protein synthesis instructions for a healthy a cell or a healthy uh, tissue, you now have some kind of crazy cancer tumor because it's all backwards and flipped around. And that's why errors in DNA repair can lead to runaway cancer. So uh, in the cells of animals and plants and, you know, humans and so on, this NHEJ and um, uh, HR, which is, oh, I guess it's homologous recombination. <laughs> I call it homologous repair. Same thing. These are the major repair pathways in um, higher eukaryotes, uh, which are basically 
organisms that have nuclei in their, in their cells, are complex organisms like you and I. So um, HR says here is a precise mechanism which uses extensive homology. So in other words, it uses a template of existing genetic material. Basically, it creates a mirror image of the genetic strand that's already there. It's kind of like tracing a photo with trace paper. Like, you know, have you ever done that when you were young and you want to you want to trace something like a picture that you like? And so you put this paper on top of it and you, you take a pencil and you just trace it out. I guess the younger people today would have no idea what I'm talking about. But trace paper uh, is, is a pretty good metaphor for what HR is, homologous recombination, which I called homologous repair. Um, but NHEJ uses no or limited homology. It is known as a, quote, quick fix mechanism, and it works throughout the entire cell cycle. Now, here's recently has been shown that the deregulation of double strand break repair poses a threat to genomic integrity. And they, they talk about how this, this leads to cancer. So this is what we're talking about. The double strand break, a failed repair function, a suppressed repair function because it's suppressed by the spike protein means you're going to have cancer. It even says a failure to faithfully repair double strand breaks can result in point mutations. Okay, that's when one of the, the gene segments right there is wrong. There's an error introduced or deletions. It's like, whoops, there goes a finger. You know, it, it's like the, the whole protein synthesis is missing or large genome rearrangements. Okay, and that, that's when it's all mixed up. Now, remember that movie, The Fly? Yeah, you remember the movie? The guy built a teleporter, and he thought it was awesome. Uh, what was it? Jeff Goldblum, I think, was the star in that movie. And he, he was having fun teleporting himself across the room to the other teleporter. And everything was awesome until one day a fly got into the teleporter module. And then when he teleported... And the, the reassembly of the mechanism on the receiving module of the teleporter, it accidentally mixed his genetic code with a fly. And suddenly he became, you know, not like Superfly. It wasn't a superhero thing. It's not like Spider-Man. I got bit by a radioactive spider. Now I can shoot webs out of my wrists somehow. No, it was a nightmare scenario of growing like fly hairs out of his back and and his whole face and his eyeballs got taken over. They were like fly eyes. You know, it was kind of a horror thriller sci-fi movie. But that's what we're talking about here, basically. Large genome rearrangements can give all kinds of unexpected results. And I'm not saying you're going to turn into a giant insect. It's probably going to be a lot less organized than that. It's going to be more like a, a trembling mass of barely living tissue is frankly what, what we're really talking about here. It's not going to have a lot of, you know, structure and function. It's just going to be a mess. Yeah, because random mutations don't don't normally lead to superheroes. Uh, sorry to break the news to you if you've been watching the uh, super woke Marvel movies, but that's not how reality works. Uh, okay, but there's more to this. Uh, from Science Direct, talks about NHEJ activity. Remember, that's the repair mechanism. And the fidelity of it declined with age. 
And they say this could be in part due to altered expression levels, activity, and distribution of key repair enzymes. And then mutations in the NHEJ genes, including what they call KU70 and KU80, have been associated with shortened lifespans in mice. So we're going to get into the telomeres here because what's happening is the telomeres are getting shortened. In fact, it talks about that defects in the DNA PKCS, that, that's uh, DNA-dependent protein kinase, uh, resulted in impaired telomere maintenance and shortened lifespan in mice. And they have a reference on that. If you want to go to that page, that's reference number 55. And let's see what that points to. Number 55, where is that? All right, we got to go into the actual chapter to see to see all those references. But you can go to this page yourself on sciencedirect.com. Basically, the telomeres are getting clobbered by this. And it says, uh, taken together, these lines of evidence suggest that NHEJ, again, non-homologous end joining, plays an important role in preventing age-related increase in genomic instability and functional decline. Or some people pronounce it genomic, whatever. It's fine. Um, basically, this says that you're going to age very, very rapidly, and you're going to have cognitive decline and, and functional decline. Uh, muscles, neurology, brain cells, you know, let's go, Brandon. That, that's how bad it gets. You, when, when you meet with the Pope and you, and you call him an African-American basketball or baseball player, and then you actually crap yourself in your adult diapers at the Vatican, and you still think you're president, you know, that, that's where this leads. It's bad. Oh, and there, there was one other line from the uh, sciencedirect.com website that I, I noted here. It says that canonical NHEJ is considered the major pathway for the repair of double-strand breaks induced by ionizing radiation in human cells. So I want you to think about this. Where are you getting ionizing radiation exposure? I already mentioned sunlight is one possible source. Mammography is another source. So for women who are vaccinated, when they get mammograms, that is going to induce breast cancer at a rate that has never been witnessed before. Basically, you're going to have 10 times, you could, you could estimate 10 times higher uh, breast cancer induction than before because of the presence of the spike protein, because we're talking about a 90% uh, suppression of the NHEJ mechanism by the presence of the spike protein in the nucleus of the cells. And so we already know that mammography kills about 10 women for every one that it saves uh, because mammography in induces cancer. You know, it's, it's ionizing radiation. Now with the spike protein added to that, you can multiply that by one more order of magnitude. And you could reasonably say that Mammography of women who have received an mRNA, quote, vaccine will kill 100 women for every one woman that it saves via so-called early detection. So, again, 100 to 1 death rate to save rate, you know, lives saved because of the spike protein and because that ionizing radiation then causes the double strand breaks that then cannot be repaired. So you're going to see women's breasts, especially 
women on the older side who undergo mammography after taking the spike protein injection, their breasts are going to grow cancer like you have never seen before. Breast cancer in this country is going to explode from now. It's probably already exploding. It's just that all, all the stats haven't been aggregated yet for people to see, but this, this mechanism is now underway. All right, so that's kind of an overview of how DNA repair actually works in, in a healthy, normal body, which is the, the NHEJ mechanism and the HR mechanism, uh, which, again, I call homologous repair. <laughs> I think it's funny. But um, now understand that if this mechanism stops functioning in your body, your cells begin to degrade immediately. In, in one day, your all your cells start to fall apart, essentially. In, in two weeks, you'd probably be lucky to be alive. It, it's kind of like, I don't know if you saw that recent miniseries, it was last year, about Chernobyl and what happens when people have very aggressive exposure to ionizing radiation, which is what happened to the, you know, the workers at Chernobyl in Ukraine, the former Soviet Union. And I think that was what, 1986, roughly, was that? And so uh, in that accident, they had uh, the rate, well, the radiation level was so high that workers were brought in from all over the country, typically part of the Russian military, and they were allowed something like 90 seconds to go in and shovel these highly radioactive pieces off the roof of the reactor, which had exploded. And the reason they were limited to 90 seconds or whatever it was is because that was the lifetime dose. That was the limit. Beyond that, you were dead. And by the way, most of those people died of cancer over time because the exposure was, uh, it was already way too much. And it was just a matter of time before the body's uh, cells that had the DNA damage uh, replicated and, and expressed themselves and, and took over and, and the tumors, you know, destroyed the body from within. So that's what happens, especially if you have a very high dose in a short period of time. Uh, if you are exposed to radiation, it's much better to be exposed over a much longer period of time. If you can kind of spread out the radiation your body can handle it better because you have these real-time repair mechanisms that are fixing DNA. But if you have a whole lot of radiation in a very short time, that can be overwhelming to the body and that can be fatal. But now, because this DNA repair mechanism is being suppressed, we're going to see people get cancers from very low levels of ionizing radiation, such as normal healthy sunlight exposure or mammography, like I already mentioned. And what this is going to look like in the body is as if somebody had acute ionizing uh, radiation damage. Even in people who haven't been exposed to radiation at all, if they lose 90% of the NHEJ uh, mechanism, it's going to look like they came, came out of Chernobyl, although it might not progress as quickly. It might take many months or even in some cases years to progress, but eventually their bodies are going to break down as if they were a, a radiation exposure patient. And mark my words, this is going to baffle the emergency room physicians. This is going to baffle the doctors. They're going, just like, I don't know if you've seen this, but a lot of people who have the very early onset vaccine, 
damage, side effects, the skin lesions, you know, the, the rashes, the, basically it's micro blood clotting in the skin cells. They are being treated in burn wards. Some, oh, some of these are also autoimmune reactions in the skin, uh, autoimmune reactions to the vaccine ingredients. They're being treated in the burn wards because the hospitals can't figure out what is this. They've never seen this, and it looks like a burn. Literally looks like a burn, although it isn't. It's a vaccine reaction, but they're being treated as burn patients. Well, when the vaccine genetic damage runs its course in a lot of people, they're going to be looked at and almost probably diagnosed as radiation patients. And you're probably going to see this in the news in 2022. There's going to be some kind of freak out somewhere in the hospital. It's like, has there been a radiological uh, terrorism event in America because we have all these people showing up who appear to have been exposed to ionizing radiation. Trust me, you're going to see this headline. The answer is no. It's just that the spike protein has suppressed their DNA repair mechanisms. So they look like radiation patients. And then they're going to have, you know, much, many of the same symptoms as radiation patients. Uh, you're going to have your, your cells ripping themselves apart from the inside. So you're going to have a lot of internal hemorrhaging, just just internal bleeding everywhere, uh, all kinds of inflammation. Uh, when this affects the nervous system, you're going to have mass confusion, uh, you know, loss of cognition, inability to speak. You're going to have swelling and redness, a lot of symptoms on the skin itself. You're going to have uh, nausea and vomiting, a lot of uh, neurological digestive disorders you're going to have blood disorders of course all, all kinds of i mean when cells stop repairing correctly everything that cells do starts to go wrong and and ask yourself what do cells do in your body normally on a healthy day well everything physical you know it's your kidney cells they're extracting water and other things from your blood you know your liver is uh, altering toxic molecules right you know, your lungs are transferring oxygen into hemoglobin cells, right? Your brain is, has neurons that are firing away for most people um, and so on and so forth. You know, you're, every cell has a job to do. And if every cell stops doing its job, you don't have an organism, you have death. But the, the progression to that death is going to look horrifying, like, like a radiation patient. All right, so we're going to go through some of the study now. I, I had to give you all that background so that we can really nail this. And and I'm you know I'm simplifying some of this. I'm giving the best explanation I can. I know there are other people who are more technical than I am. Uh, Dr. Richard Fleming, I think, would be great to ask about this, or Dr. Paul Cottrell, for example, or, or Sherry Tenpenny. Uh, many other people who you're probably going to hear talking about this. And they are, they are far more technical than, than I at uh, biology. And uh, I'm interested to hear what they have to say. But until they give you their take on this, my take is kind of a big picture, connect the dots kind of take. And it's pretty obvious to me where this is going. Because if you read the study, well, let me just give an example. Quote, we report that the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein significantly inhibits DNA damage repair which is required for effective recombination in adaptive immunity. That, there's a big sentence right there. You know, 
for your immune system function to function, you have to be able to repair DNA. Mechanistically, we found that the spike protein localizes in the nucleus and inhibits DNA damage repair by impeding key DNA repair protein recruitment to the damage site. So in other words, DNA repair requires this mechanism to have some resources. And those resources are proteins that it pulls in. It's like, hey, give me, give me this protein. I need that protein. I got to, it's kind of like repairing, uh, you know, broken drywall. You got to have some glue. You got to have some tape. You got to put this thing back together. Quote, our refinings reveal a potential molecular mechanism by which the spike protein might impede adaptive immunity and underscore the potential side effects of full-length spike-based vaccines. So uh, then it goes on to talk about the importance of the DNA repair mechanism, which we've covered. It talks about how the inhibiting of the NHEJ repair mechanism leads to immunodeficiency. And then here we go. Uh, it says, although SARS-CoV-2 proteins are synthesized in the cytosol, they're talking about outside the nucleus, but inside the cell, you know, the ribosomes typically. It says some viral proteins are also detectable in the nucleus. And it gives a list. NSP1, NSP5, NSP9, and so on. There's a list of these spike proteins that go into the nucleus. So we investigated whether these nuclear localized SARS-CoV-2 proteins affect the host cell DNA damage repair system. So then they talk about their process of how they did that. They studied the nucleoprotein expression plasmids. Uh, let's see, we confirmed the expression with immunoblotting and immunofluorescence. And they have figures for that, figure 1A, figure S1A, and so on. But here, here we go. Our results were consistent with those from previous studies. And they found that all these viral proteins from the spike protein, NSP1, NSP5, and so on, are indeed localized in the nucleus you know, where the vaccine companies tell us they can never go. Yeah, that's where they go. And, quote, nucleoproteins are mainly localized in the cytosol. Surprisingly, we found the abundance of the spike protein in the nucleus. So in other words, there are many different proteins associated with SARS-CoV-2. Fragments, sometimes exosomes, as, as they can be called, depending on sort of whose explanation you're listening to. The spike protein section of all of this tends to go into the nucleus more than anywhere else. And that's exactly where it can cause this DNA damage. All right, so the overexpression of NSP1, NSP5, and so on, and spike proteins diminished the efficiencies of both the HR and the NHEJ repair mechanisms. This is from the paper. Moreover, we found that these viral proteins, the overexpression dramatically suppressed proliferation compared with other studied proteins. In other words, as I say, the inhibitory effects of these SARS-CoV-2 viral proteins on DNA damage repair may be due to secondary effects such as growth arrests, which is suppressed cellular growth, and cell death. In other words, this can also just kill your cells from the nucleus. <laughs> and they significantly suppress both HR and NHEJ repair. So out of both of these repair mechanisms, uh, homologous recombination and the non-homologous and joining, uh, both of them are suppressed. Now, I looked at the charts of what they have 
in this study. And if you go to, let's see if I can find the right chart here. If you go to figure 1E, 1E, it's got a chart with some blue vertical lines and one of the lines is labeled spike. And the the axis of this is labeled HR efficiency. That's the homologous repair slash recombination efficiency. You'll notice that in the presence of the spike protein, the blue bar is the smallest. And it's showing that it's about, you could say, if you're eyeballing this, about an 80% suppression of the HR repair mechanism in the presence of the spike protein. Now, if you go to figure 1C, you'll notice that the blue bar labeled spike is even smaller. And it's about a 90% suppression right there. And that means that in the NHEJ repair mechanism, the non-homologous, you know, the emergency repair, double strand breaks, you, you got a 90% suppression of that repair mechanism in the presence of the spike protein. So from the study, together these data show that the SARS-CoV-2 full-length spike protein inhibits DNA damage repair by hindering DNA repair protein recruitment. Okay. And also from the study, DNA damage repair, especially NHEJ repair, is essential for VDJ recombination, which lies at the core of B and T cell immunity. Now, B cells and T cells, especially the T cells, this is what is recruited to stop cancer. And so you've got, not only are you kind of committing cellular suicide from inside the nucleus due to the spike protein. And not only are you suppressing the DNA repair mechanism, you're also suppressing the production of B cells and T cells that, that are used by the body for immunity. <laughs> and this paper even goes on to state, quote, to date, many approved SARS-CoV-2 vaccines, such as mRNA vaccines, and adenovirus COVID-19 vaccines have been developed based on the full-length spike protein. And that's what they're testing here, the full-length spike protein. That's what's created in your body in the mRNA vaccines once they invade the ribosomes of your cells. <laughs> in other words, yes, they've turned your body into a spike protein bioweapons factory. But until I saw this paper, I thought that the damage to the body happened when those spike proteins exited the cell membranes and entered the blood and then began to circulate and cause vascular damage and neurological damage and immunological damage, reproductive damage, and so on. You know, motor neuron control damage, all that. And all that's true. But now what I'm learning from this and sharing with you is that the ribosomes synthesize the spike proteins. The spike proteins go right into the nucleus of the cell, and there they damage the DNA. They suppress 90% the emergency DNA repair mechanism, and they suppress T cell production and B cell production. They suppress the immune system, and they make it so that your body can't repair itself anymore genetically. And once that's turned off, you're going to get every crazy, horrific, you know, the fly type of 
all kinds of messaging confusion. I mean, it, it's going to be a nightmare. This is going to be a physical nightmare. You are going to see mutants walking around the streets, you know, for a while until they expire. You're going to see mutants. You're going to see people with big growths on their faces. You're going to see, you're going to see the craziest that you, it's going to look like the human race got attacked by some kind of alien plague, which maybe that's exactly what's happened. I don't know, but it's going to be the craziest thing that you've ever seen. This is a weapon system with so many mechanisms of damage. I, even I'm blown away. Okay, our findings, they say in the paper, our findings provide evidence of the spike protein hijacking the DNA damage repair machinery and adaptive immune machinery in vitro. We propose a potential mechanism by which spike proteins may impair adaptive immunity by inhibiting DNA damage repair. Yes, we got that, you know, by the inability to recruit proteins for repair and so on and so forth. I got it. So the upshot of this, folks, and by the way, I had a lot of other headlines I was going to cover today. I got a, I got a lot of other news, but nothing, nothing is as important as this. I'm going to see if I can properly explain this. The mechanism is already, it's already injected into, well, according to the White House, they've injected 80% of U.S. adults with these vaccines, at least one dose. They may be exaggerating, right? So maybe it's not 80% of adults. Let's just say it's 50% of the entire population, because that's probably a, a more accurate guess. Let's say it's one out of, out of every two people in America. You've heard me talk about the near-term damage, the medium-term damage, and the long-term damage. The near-term damage is the blood clotting that happens very quickly after the so-called vaccine injection, right? So that's the thrombosis. Those are the blood clots, the strokes, the heart attacks, things like that. I do not believe that these vaccines are designed to cause those things. I think those are truly unintentional side effects because I think that the designers of these biological weapons did not want people to link those early deaths to the vaccine. They wanted long-term deaths. So let's move to medium term. That's the antibody dependent enhancement and that's the destruction of the immune system. And now we've talked previously about how these vaccines induce an AIDS-like state, basically vaccine-induced immunodeficiency. But we haven't really known the mechanisms of how exactly that works until this paper. Now we can see the mechanism Sure enough, we have the interference with uh, DNA repair, which is a necessary component of production of B cells and T cells, because you could say the body is always trying to repair itself and regrow itself, regenerate itself in order to fight microtumors and, and pathogens and so on. And so the suppression of this mechanism suppresses immune function and leads to immunodeficiency. Now we understand how this works. The spike protein goes into the nucleus and starts screwing with your DNA, okay? That's medium term. You're gonna see a lot of deaths over the next six months from this medium term effect. Then we have the long-term effects. And those are the cancers that I've been talking about recently. And we know that cancer diagnoses are skyrocketing in people who took this vaccine. 
We've seen Dr. Ryan Cole talking about that. You know, he runs a lab in Idaho. We've seen many, many anecdotal reports of people who had been in cancer remission before they took the vaccine. And very quickly after they took the vaccine, the cancer just came back with a vengeance. And many of those people are now dead. I've seen a lot of photos uh, of people that took the vaccine and then they had massive tumors on their faces or on their arms, on their bodies. It, it's as if the vaccine really induces tumorogenesis. And now we understand the mechanism of how that is. Because again, if you interfere with the NHEJ mechanism, then uh, you're going to get runaway cancers. And also don't forget that if things go wrong with NHEJ, you're going to get mutations in the chromosomes, you're going to get deleted sections, and you're going to get sections that are inserted in the wrong places. And remember, that's, that's the fly scenario that I'm talking about. You start growing tissues that aren't even supposed to be there. So what we are actually looking at here, and I, I, I don't mean any... Uh, this is not an insult to the victims of this. Okay. And I'm not invoking any kind of moral failure, but I should have titled this talk, uh, monsters, zombies, and mutants. It's just, it just seems a little demeaning because we're really talking about victims of the pharmaceutical industry. People who in many cases thought they were doing the right thing. You know, they, they, they thought they were being safe because they were lied to. They were told, Oh, this is going to stop the transmission, stop the infection, stop the plague. You know, stop COVID, we, then we can all go back to life as normal, right? So they were lied to, but really what it's creating is monsters, zombies, and mutants. And again, I apologize for if those terms seem uh, derogatory, but that's what we're going to see. Massive mutations. We're going to see a degradation of cognition and neurology and also motor control that's going to resemble kind of like a zombie apocalypse. And when I use the term monsters, I'm talking about almost like a, a monstrosity uh, tissue creation that does not belong there, something that does not appear to be human, some kind of monstrous, you know, non-human gland or tissue or tumor that that is appearing sometimes internally, sometimes externally. This is what we're going to see. And it's, uh, again, just, just to be clear, I, I don't imply any derogatory uh, interpretation of those terms, but this is a physical description of the weapon system that humanity has been hit with, and it's going to impact. Actually, these effects are going to impact billions of people. Because if you look at how many people have been uh, vaccinated around the world, gosh, what is that now? The last time I checked, it was, it was like two and a half billion people. Now, according to some saline solution is being injected into many right now because they don't want to kill everybody all at once. I don't know if that's true or not. Let's hope it's true so that we have more survivors from this. But anybody who has been injected with mRNA is going to experience some degree of what I'm talking about today. You're going to have some number of cells that are invaded by the spike protein, and it's going to shut down the genetic repair mechanism. And again, if you took the mRNA vaccine, then your body's cells are churning out these spike proteins themselves. So you become the bioweapon. 
and the weapon attacks the nuclei in your own cells, doesn't even have to exit the cells to destroy you from within. So this is the ultimate evil biological weapon that mutates you to death, you could say. It mutates you to death over time. That is some evil, wicked stuff right there. Now, if, if you happen to be exposed to spike protein, let's say someone who took the vaccine is shedding spike protein, you're exposed to it, you get, I don't know, a few million spike proteins, which is a small number compared to the vaccine. The vaccine is like 50 billion. If you get a few million spike proteins, you know, a thousand times less than a vaccine, your body can handle it if you have normal, healthy immune function because your body does have repair mechanisms such as the one we're talking about today, NHEJ. You can repair. Even if the spike protein damages some cells, you have enough healthy cells to overcome the damage. But when somebody is overwhelmed with an injection of mRNA that takes over their body's cells and starts producing tens of billions of spike proteins, it's, it's like a tidal wave of damage and you no longer have enough friendly, functioning, high-integrity cells to repair all the damage. It's kind of like a, a ship sinking in the ocean. You know, you can, you can bail out one or two holes in the bottom of the ship, you know, with a bucket and some volunteers. Hey, let's you know, chip in, guys. We let's all bail water, or we're going to sink. And you can handle that. But, but if the ship is just turned into Swiss cheese with you know millions of holes, uh, it's it's already too late. You you can't repair it. It's sinking so quickly. It's taken on water. It's already gone. That's a pretty good metaphor for what we're talking about here. You take a spike protein injection, it's a sinking ship. You can't bail it out too many holes in the system. If you get exposed to somebody else's spike protein and you're healthy, you can repair the damage without losing the ship, which is you. So this is very critical to keep in mind. Now, I am a food scientist. I know a lot about nutrition, but I am not currently aware of what kind of nutrients are necessary to help support, let's say, DNA repair. And I think uh, the right person to ask that question would be Sayer G over at Green Med Info. And maybe I'll text him. I think I will. I'm going to ask him this very question and, and see what he says. Maybe I'll have him on for an interview to talk about this. I suspect there are many nutritional strategies for how to uh, ensure the integrity of your DNA repair mechanism. For example, we know that certain enzymes are involved in this. Uh, we also know that exposure to stress and lack of sleep, emotional distress, and so on, these, these tend to cause overall suppression of healthy functioning, even at the, the nuclei level of your body's cells. And also we know that chronic inflammation interferes with normal, healthy uh, genetic replication and uh, recombination and so on. So inflammation is the enemy of all of this, which is one more reason to stay away from the pro-inflammatory foods, you know, the cheap oils, canola, soy, corn, cottonseed oil, all that crap. Go with the healthy oils, you know, avocado, coconut oil, olive oil, things like that. But also focus on anti-inflammatories in your diet. You know, I drink uh, avocados and, and flax seeds and turmeric and things like that every day. 
But the other important strategy in my view in all of this is you've got to avoid exposure to mutagenic chemicals and environmental hazards. So for example, you know, ionizing radiation is bad for you. Now it's 10 times as bad because there's spike protein floating around. So you might want to think twice about mammography. Maybe you go for thermography instead because there's no ionizing radiation, you see. Uh, you want to avoid exposure to toxic chemicals, mutagenic chemicals. And don't forget, these include a lot of food packaging chemicals, the plasticizer chemicals. But as I mentioned up front, this, this is one of the pet peeves of mine is people, they wash their clothes in toxic cancer-causing laundry products and the fabric softeners and the dryer sheets. I, I'm telling you, it's cancer, cancer, cancer. It's just all cancer-causing chemicals, and then people wear those, and they're wearing cancer. And then when they perspire and the water from their body you know, gets into their clothing, and then it releases the cancer-causing chemicals that are absorbed through their skin. And these people end up growing tumors and they don't know why. It's because you've been wearing cancer for 35 years. How do you think this is going to go? So you, you've got to get rid of the toxic chemicals in your laundry detergent, in your soap, your lotions, your shampoo, your colognes and hairsprays and deodorants and perfumes and all that crap. You got... It, I don't even know where to begin on that. I still... You know, I'll still meet people from time to time and they just smell like a giant fragrance bomb. You know, it's like you have this amazing cancer aura. You know, is that is that your gift to the world to just suffocate everybody with your laundry fragrance? Thank you. You know, you, you can tell I'm a blast at, at parties, right? Because um, I'll tell people this stuff. Uh, dude, you need to go wash your clothes. Just jump in the shower right now with everything on. Just rinse that out. You are like a walking cancer bomb. Just go in there and turn on the hot water. Go for it. Keep your jeans on. Just do it wet. I don't care. You got to get that out of your pants. Basically stated in summary here, anything that used to cause cancer, now in the presence of spike protein, it's probably 10 times worse because you no longer you know, have the, the functioning genetic repair mechanism, you see. So this means we, we are absolutely going to see a tidal wave of cancers, just as I predicted earlier, but now this is even more confirmation of that. You're going to see accelerating cancers throughout 2022, all throughout the next decade. Cancer deaths through the roof. You're going to see crazy tumors and monstrous looking deformities growing on people's faces and bodies and torsos and arms and so on. And there's going to be stuff happening internally that you don't see. You're going to see people losing their integrity as complex organisms. We'll just put it that way. And you can imagine what that might be. Uh, you're going to see people's brains just kind of like a prion disease. You know, what happens if you, if you don't have DNA repair in your neurological tissues? Well, it probably looks a lot like prions eating your brain. And we're going to see more of that. There's no question about it. But look, we need to get more people chiming in on this study. So I, I'm going to reach out to Dr. Fleming and Dr. Cottrell and, and Tenpenny, who, you know, who sent this my way in the first place, and some other people. And let's see if we can get some uh, additional interpretations of what all of this means.
we really need some experts in molecular cell biology who understand all of this. But, you know, the picture is pretty clear. I mean, I've roughed it out for you here. The interpretations of the experts are not going to change that much from the big picture. They'll provide a lot of additional detail and maybe some other warnings that I've missed. But there's no question the big picture here is catastrophic. The, this is the spike protein invades the nucleus and it damages the DNA repair mechanism and it suppresses T cells and immune function and it shortens telomeres and it leads to rapid aging and mutagenesis. Basically, that's that's in a nutshell. That's what we're talking about. This is kind of the worst case scenario of what this vaccine could possibly do. And as all of this comes out, of course, the media is going to do everything to try to cover it up. The vaccine industry, which has absolute legal immunity, will claim, oh, we didn't know, you know, we're going to have we're going to have babies being born that aren't even alive. You know, we're going to have birth defects. You're going to start seeing them real soon now. Developmental defects in so many babies. This, this is this is going to be a nightmare scenario. And, and again, cancer rates through the roof. So we need to be prepared for this. And I, I wish. This wasn't the case, but the spike protein is a very effective biological weapon, and that's why it was developed. That's why they built it, to achieve this. And isn't it horrifying that we're peeling away the layers piece by piece here and discovering more mechanisms every month about how this thing damages people? Of course, you know, Fauci and, and all the criminals, they, they had decades to work on this technology so, yeah, they've known this for a long time. They're not going to tell us. We have to figure it out piece by piece through this kind of research. And the more we figure out, the more horrifying this becomes. Everybody who has taken the vaccine, I'm, I'm sorry to say, I don't know if any of this is reversible. Once the spike protein, I mean, if you've taken the mRNA, spike proteins invading your cell nuclei, if it's been rewriting your genetic code, it's, it, it, I'm sorry, there's no way to undo that. Now, for those who maybe only took the first dose and not the second dose, they got a smaller number of spike proteins and so on. Maybe there are nutritional strategies that we don't yet know about that can save you. I hope there are. I just don't know. I've heard some people claim they've got ways to eliminate, you know, the graphene oxide and so on. But I don't know anybody that's got any supplement that can re-repair your genetic code. I don't think that exists. It's kind of like, you know, th this is why you have the NHEJ uh, technology in the first place is so that you don't get to a place where your DNA is so screwed up that, that your body can't remember how to piece you back together as a human. But the spike protein is, is just going to throw that whole thing into total disarray. So this is going to be bad. You know, when I wrote the song Vaccine Zombie back in 2011, I didn't think it was going to be literal. I mean, I wrote that song as a joke. And now here it is. It's becoming reality. This is what we're going to see. I'm very saddened by this. So, okay, big picture, I'm going to wrap this up for you here, but big picture is apparently on a cosmic level, humanity is going to have to see the, 
the Dr. Jekyll versus Mr. Hyde side of the vaccine industry. Apparently, we're going to have to witness the monstrosities come out of the so-called scientists, which is what that, you know, what that whole story is all about, Jekyll and Hyde. Supposed to be a scientist, supposed to be a doctor, but it's actually a monster inside. This is the vaccine industry. It's supposed to be rooted in science and public health. It's just, it's going to be creating monsters. Zombies, mutants like we've never seen. Apparently, this is part of the learning process, the awakening process, because humanity has to defeat and dismantle the biological weapons, cartels, the big pharma criminals, big pharma control over government, media, big tech, science industry, all of it. It all has to be dismantled. But there won't be public support for that until people literally see zombies walking around the streets with tumors hanging off of their faces and children being born with grotesque deformities because the pregnant women were vaccinated. So I guess this is, uh, this is humanity's very costly lesson. And it, it's going to be a nightmare scenario. Uh, that's, that's all I can say. So we're trying to stand up against this. As you know, there's a big walkout tomorrow. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is calling for the walkout. November 3rd, that's tomorrow. And then there's another four-day walkout, November 8th to 11th. Uh, next week, walk away from uh, employers that are pushing vaccine mandates, you know, except we're prohibited by law or contract or whatever. Uh, also on November 11th, just a reminder, we've got our, our health ranger store. This is our last event of the year. It's it's actually November 11th, 12th, 13th, and 14th, where we've got, you know, our ranger buckets and our, our freeze-dried organic lab-tested uh, fruits and vegetables and all kinds of emergency food. And it's just like, I don't know, it just seems so, just seems so irrelevant. I mean, yeah, you're going to need storable food. There's no doubt about that. You know, we're, we're going to need, we're going to have to survive this zombie apocalypse but my God, the cost and human suffering that uh, we're all, none of us are going to be spared. We're all going to, there's going to be people we know, people that we love, people that we're close to who are going to be killed by this. We're going to be burying so many people over the next, uh, look, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not trying to paint doom and gloom here. I'm just following the science, the real science, not the BS, CNN junk science. Uh, this just confirms what I had feared about this all along. And it just, it just underscores the fact that the vaccine is a suicide shot. It, it's, it's a, it's a death shot. This is what it's designed to do. And, uh, it's not going to be easy for, for those of us who live through this. You're going to have to, no, seriously, you're going to need God in your life to make it through this. You know, isn't there even a line about this in the book of Revelation? Or is it in Matthew? I have to look it back, look up where it is, but it said that that men will want to kill themselves, that it would be so horrifying. Yeah, I think that's in Revelation. Um, I can see that happening. I can see a lot of people, sadly, uh, committing suicide as 
this starts to become apparent and they realize that there's no way to save those who have already been harmed by the spike protein beyond a certain point. There's no way to save them. You're going to have people blowing their own brains out when they start to see, you know, the, the grotesque tumors and so on. They're going to realize that they, they've been killed. And now it's just counting down like clockwork. They're, they're going to, they're going to blow their own brains out. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be, there's nothing to celebrate. This is a sad, sad day for humanity. These people who were on Facebook talking about, oh, I got my second shot and it's awesome. And all of you anti-science people, you should take your shot. You know, nine months later, you know, family posts, uh, well, too bad he took his life. You know, the world was just too much. You're going to see a lot of that. And it's a sad day for humanity. And we haven't even got into the uh, spermatogenesis. That's the, you know, the formation of sperm cells. Uh, you may be looking at, this is the Bill Gates dream, right? The complete uh, decimation of male fertility. Because what is spermatogenesis? It is the creation of sperm in the testes using a template it's kind of like a dna repair mechanism well well it is it's a it's dna replication and if and we already know the spike protein circulates and it gets into the ovaries and the testes and of course other reproductive organs as well and the endocrine system and so on um how much you want to bet that this is a male infertility um treatment over time an intervention that causes male infertility and also causes mutations and malformations in the dna of male sperm so that even if a man can produce sperm and even if that sperm has motility which is also being impaired these days if if the sperm meets the egg and has a moment of conception the dna there it's already pre-damaged. It's not even the proper DNA for protein synthesis of a human baby anymore. It's, you know, the fly or whatever else. How much you want to bet that's happening? Yeah. Yeah. You see, this is a total assault on, on humanity. All right. So, so the takeaway is... If you want to have a future, if you want your children to have a future, if you want your grandchildren to have a future, don't take the spike protein. Don't take the mRNA injections. The future of humanity belongs to those who did not get injected with these gene-damaging bioweapons. And those of us who have survived all of this when it's all said and done, we're all going to need to make some healthy babies. You know that? Seriously, we're going to have to repopulate the planet because there's going to be a few billion people missing. And that's that's where this is really headed. All right, that's it. Except if you're in Virginia, don't forget to vote today. Very important to vote. Make it harder for the enemy to cheat. And we'll watch and see how that goes. We know they're going to cheat. It's just a question of how much they can get away with. And um, I hope I hope I can bring you more positive news tomorrow. I know yesterday was a little more upbeat. Uh, today is pretty depressing with the science that we've covered here. I'm sorry. That's it. Just it is what it is. 
Uh, blame Sherry Tenpenny. She's the one. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, hopefully tomorrow we can have some more upbeat information. And then Thursday, I'll bring you a, kind of a review of what happened on Wednesday based on the, the whole walkout situation there. And I'll be back with you each day here with the Situation Update podcast. I'm always trying to keep these to an hour. Never seems to work. So I appreciate your patience. I hope you find this valuable. If if not, sometimes, you know, I know it's horrifying some days, but it's real information. Check this out yourself. Do your own research on this. Go read what we covered today. Read it for yourself. See what you think. Run it by, you know, intelligent people who know biology. See what they say. From what I'm seeing, this is this is bad news. Don't take the spike protein. End of story. All right. Thank you for listening today, though. Um, I wish you blessings and I pray for your safety. And I guess the good news is if you don't take the shot, you still have a functioning, you know, genetic system and immune system. That's the good news. They can't get you unless you agree to be injected. They can make it hard for you, you know. They can take your paycheck. They can threaten to take your job or your house or whatever. But um, so far, you can still say no. It's it, it's gonna it's costly, but you can still say no, and keep saying no until this whole thing flips. And that day is coming soon. We're gonna get through this. We're going to expose the criminals. We're going to take down the criminals. And then we're going to try to help those who have been damaged by these spike proteins. Maybe we can come up with some solutions that we don't know about right now. I hope we can. I'll definitely uh, be part of that effort myself through nutrition. All right. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Take care.